Hello and welcome to a new episode of Latinos Who Tech. My name is Hugo Castellanos. In this episode, I wanted to have a different format and I wanted to share some use cases for ChatGPT. I'm actually going in vacation for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be in Europe for a few weeks. And I didn't want to rush and make an interview episode at the last minute because uh, I have a couple episodes that I already recorded, but I really want to take the time to edit them and really make sure that they're formatted in a way that where it can add value to you. So I wanted to make a quick tutorial slash thing you can try right now episode. Quick reminder that we are running tech meetups via Zoom. We're doing speed networking. So if you want to sign up for any of those sessions, you can find the link in the show notes. I also have a quick survey that covers, that asks you what kind of content you want to get with this podcast. And let's dive right in. So if, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you probably heard of ChatGPT and all these LLMs, large language models that are around, like Bard and Claude. And Claude is actually a nice one. You can actually attach files to it and ask the machine questions about the files. But I wanted to showcase uh, some of the five use cases that I actually take advantage of every week. Not every day, but at least once a week, things that I do. And, and again, you know, looking at, my, at what I do, so I'm an engineer, I'm getting my master's in computer science, and I host two podcasts about tech careers. I also do stand-up comedy for fun and run meetups. You know, those are, that's like a, a good overview of you know, what, what, what I'm about and the things that I do. And when it comes to how I use these applications, it's all tied up to my ADHD. For those that don't know, ADHD is this condition where you... Um, yeah, what is ADHD? It's hard to define it in a single sentence. But it's basically a disorder. So it's a attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder. When it comes to, to adults, it's uh, this fact that your intentions are a bit disconnected from your actual actions and motivations. So when it comes to actually doing things, you get distracted and you know, it's hard to get focused. There's this idea of the shiny object that gets you distracted. And it has some very real consequences in your work life and your personal life. Things like interrupting people when they speak. Things like difficulty focusing on a task if I don't find it interesting. Things like memory issues when it comes to following up. And short-term memory, staying on the task at hand. And there's several ways of dealing with it. With therapy and also medication. And mainly systems. So the way that you do things, mainly things that you can do with your environment, things like keeping your study or work area 
as free from distraction as possible. Things like uh, noise-canceling headphones, things like uh, training your blocking websites that distract you, things like that. And when it comes to ChatGPT and, and things that I do with it, is that it's fantastic because it helps me get things started. An issue that people with ADHD have and that I have is that it can be very easy for me to start things if they're interesting to me, not so easy to finish them. And likewise, things that I find annoying or not interesting or not engaging, I don't start. I procrastinate on them. So those are the two instances where, where ChatGPT helps me. First, finishing the things that I start and then starting and finishing things that I don't, I don't particularly care to do. So it comes to, so it's the biggest use case, you know, defeating that blank page. That's use case number one. How do you overcome the, the, the blank page? So when it comes to writing emails, so writing emails that I've been putting off because I want to ask somebody a favor or a text message and something that is really annoying. Okay, like I need to book an appointment with my doctor or, or things like that, or I need to request my doctor for refilling a medication or something like that. I actually, I just, in the beginning, I just asked ChatGPT, write an email to ask him for this. And once the machine did it, I just copy pasted it, put it in my notes app. So I just copy pasted every time I have to text my doctor for something like that. So that's the biggest, uh, not the biggest, but that's one of the use cases. You know, so drafting emails and messages, that's a big one. Because what happens is that, sure, you can put in your to-do list that, oh yeah, book a doctor's appointment. And that thing is so annoying. <laughs> like uh, for, for people with ADHD, because, yeah, because it's a drag. It's just, it's a drag. It's, it's for some reason, it's something that you should do. But just because you should do it doesn't mean that you're going to do it. Another one is looking at, and within the same use case of overcoming the blank page, is coming up with, with title ideas. So what I mean by this is uh, not only the episodes that I do, but also when I have a presentation or when I'm brainstorming topics to talk about, I get invited all the time to workshops on productivity and networking, career development, how to find your dream career. And the audiences are always different. You know, sometimes are college students, sometimes are professionals with years of experience. Sometimes I get high schoolers. So I have to modulate my message and make sure that, hey, I come up with uh, interesting examples. And I have a database of examples. I have a database of workshops that I've done. But when it comes to titles, it's I struggle a bit. Coming up with titles that are informative, catchy, but not clickbaity. So I, I will ask ChatGPT, hey, I want a, a, a title that it's classy, enticing, but not clickbait. And give me 10 ideas. So... The machine will give me 10 ideas and I'm calling it the machine in purpose because I want to remember that it is a machine. <laughs> so yeah, and again, I don't use them right off the bat. Like I will modify them according to, to what I need. 
But again, it's in the same theme of the defeating the blank page. Another use case that I find very useful is an idea generator, and especially for gift ideas. Now, when I, maybe this happens to you, maybe it doesn't, but I, my circle of friends are not very materialistic people. Like they don't, like a lot of my friends, they don't, they don't care about physical gifts. It's more of a experience people, quality time people, like, a, oh, let's all go out and do this new thing or let's all get together, hang out and cook together, barbecue and play board games, that kind of thing. Like most of my friends, like they're into those kinds of activities. So, but when it, so when it comes to gift ideas, for people that actually like gifts or for outing ideas, it's, it's great. So give me 10 things that I can do in a rainy day with a group of five friends and actually give me some ideas because what happens is that when you're in the moment, like, sure, you, you can have ideas, but are they good ideas? Only you can tell. <laughs> so when you're in stuck, when you're stuck, I find that ChatGPT is, is great for that. And so defeating that blank page. Another use case that I really like, so the third use case is processing data. So I'm part of a lot of WhatsApp groups, and maybe you are too, and you're Latino, Latina. And I'm a part of a lot of WhatsApp groups and Discord chats and things like that. And what happens in a lot of these chats is that maybe there's a side conversations, maybe you disconnected for a couple of days or maybe you're in vacation or what have you. And that there's, I don't recommend you, I recommend you to just turn off all the notifications altogether. But what happens when you go back to a chat and 300 messages? What's a better use of your time? actually reading each message by each message or selecting all the text, dropping it on ChatGPT and asking the machine, hey, can you summarize this conversation for me? And if there are any action items with my name on them. And the machine will do that. <laughs> I have a particular, particular chat that I'm a part of. I'm uh, there's uh, two people that they like to argue and they are very vocal in the way they argue. And it's not uncommon for them to have uh, 80 or 90 back and forths. So I will ask the machine to oh, enumerate the people in this conversation and the tone of the conversation. And it will tell me that, oh, it's adversarial, it's a debate, it's and, and summarize anything you want with it. So it, it's great because, again, it's a machine. It's fast. <laughs> but you need to ask it the right questions. And the fourth use case that I, I particularly enjoy, it's Google in steroids. So basically, I will ask it. I'm going to Barcelona for 10 days. And I'm really into archaeology, live music, and uh, history museums, not art museums. Write me up a 10-day itinerary. And it will do that. 
and it will give you a starting point day by day with morning, afternoon, evening activities. And you can copy paste this into a Google Docs and just trim it. You know, take, uh, take what actually resonates with you and what doesn't. So if, he, and I give the Barcelona example, but if it's a place that you've never been and you can actually, and it depends how you like to travel because a lot of people, they like to travel scheduling stuff and actually saying, hey, we're going to do this from one to three and then this from five to six or other people are just, hey, we're going to be there day one. We only have to do this thing at two and then the rest of the day is free depends on how you travel depends on how you like but as far as ideas for the trip things that you can only do in that spot ChatGPT is great and do remember that uh, if you're going to use ChatGPT for this is that the last instance when it was connected directly to the internet was in september 2021 so maybe it's not great as far as restaurants come and things that have opened and closed since then but when it comes to generic sites, things to do, you know, like, like the Statue of Liberty has been there for a while, but the generic places, like they, they, don't, they don't change. And, and, uh, and it's also great for road trips. I find that, hey, I'm driving from my house into this place. It's a, make me uh, an scenic route where I stop at least at uh, one roadside diner. And it will do that. It will give you directions, things to do. It will give, write out the, the directions through the scenic route. So I find that for planning itineraries and, and trips and things like, of that nature, I find that it's a great first touch resource. Because, again, you can... Because, again, if you have the time and you like YouTube and things like that, sure, you can search... Oh yeah, top 10 things to do in Madrid or top 20 things to not do in Paris or, or whatever. And you can watch a 20-minute video if you want. But I find that if I want to just get a, a quick overview in five minutes, something that I can read at my own pace and, and I don't have to withstand the, the antiques of travel YouTubers, like, uh, welcome guys to my channel, subscribe. No, thanks. I don't need that. And uh, yeah, so four use cases so far. So the first one is defeating the blank page, now rewriting emails, scripts, titles, the idea generator for gifts and experiences. You have the drafting emails and messages from the beginning and uh, summarizing articles, summarizing chats. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's something that I do quite often. And the, uh, Last but not least is translating. And not translating, although you could, you could use it for that, uh, translating from Spanish to English or French to English or whatever, you know, when it comes to coding. So when, when I have a, an assignment or a problem that I'm facing and uh, I, again, I, I look at the code and I read it, and I give myself some time, let's say that, okay, I'm going to read this code for 15 minutes and see if I understand it. And if I'm still struggling, if it's not crystal clear to me, what is this code supposed to do? I will drop it again. I will ask the machine, 
hey, explain to me line by line, what does this module do? And so it's, it's basically like a, a stack overflow replacement in that sense, where I'm actually, I'm not asking the machine to, to summarize the code for me or to translate this from JavaScript to Python. You could do that if you have to do that. But when it comes to a learning environment, I like to give myself a designated amount of time where I'm actually going to try myself, the human uh, carbon-based life form that I am, to actually figure out myself before I ask my or next uh, machine overlords, hey, explain this to me. <laughs> hey, silicon-based life form, explain this to the, explain this to the, the monkey. <laughs> Just because, hey, it's, and again, it takes discipline to do it that way because, again, if, if I'm doing, if I'm doing something for a class, it's like, I actually want to learn the material, like uh, getting the right or wrong answer on, on a test. That's in the large scheme of things, it's inconsequential. It's, do you understand the material? Yes or no? Can you apply it? If, again, you're professionally employed and working on, on something and you just need the machine to give you something quick. There are other resources, right? Like there's Copilot that can write significant chunks of code for you. But again, it's useful for templates and, and things like that. But again, I wouldn't use it if I was just starting out and learning. I want to make sure I have a strong foundation. So I find that using it as a tutor, it's, it's helpful. It's helpful to actually proofread stuff. And again, Explain to me what does this code do? That's a valid use case. And when it comes to, and since we're talking about careers and a bonus use case, so I gave you five use cases. A bonus use case is to review your resume. So actually, if you have a resume and you want to actually see if how good of a match you are to a job, you can copy-paste the job description and copy-paste your resume and ask it, update my resume in a way that better matches my skill set for this job, that better highlights my skill set for this job. And it will actually modify your sentences. So you actually use some of the verbs that are in the job description. Of course, it's your job to proofread it and make sure that, hey, it's not exaggerating things. It's just formatting them in a different way. But, but it's very useful. It's very useful because if you're applying for a job, you want to make sure that your experience, because we all have translated, transferable experience. When it comes to project management, you can talk about stakeholder management and the results you've driven and communication skills and all, those, and all those things, but they translate differently across industries. So when it comes to actually using keywords that are going to resonate in a different job that you're applying for, why not use a, a, a machine to help you do that and save you some time if you're actually applying for a lot of jobs? I also... I don't personally do this, but I've done it a couple of times, but I don't do it often, is that I will, when I generate a, a draft of my resume, I will ask it to 
go over my resume and create a list of five roles that are best suited for this person. And in my case, it will spit out product marketing manager, competitive intelligence analyst, data analyst, and all these things that match my experience. So it's a way of actually doing the opposite. Instead of making sure that your resume matches the job description, is to go the other way around and ask, okay, which job description matches this resume? So you can take, and again, so you can take a, a look at your experience and actually decide, listen, like I'm too close to it. It's hard for me to tell which jobs should I apply for because I have all this experience. So which job titles actually match the experience that I have? Because you have a bias because you know what you've done and you know what you've done. And <laughs> that sounds a bit creepy. So your own experience. You know your own story. So it's a great way of actually separating yourself, giving, giving some distance from your experience, your own bias, to what's actually on the paper, what's actually on black and white. So you could ask a friend or you could ask ChatGPT. Do it for you quickly. So there we go. Uh, different format. Try to uh, make it more casual. Try to make it more actionable. Let me know if you like these kinds of episodes. And you can let me know by following the link in the show notes in, in filling up the feedback form. Or you can also send me an email at the email in the show notes with your thoughts. Do you like these kinds of episodes or... Do you prefer the interview format? What do you prefer? You can also write to me via Instagram at Latinos Who Tech on IG. And yeah, so thank you so much for your attention and I look forward to the next episode. Thanks so much. <laughs>